and welcome back to Writing the Narrative with Jake and Eddie. I'm Jake. And I'm Eddie. Oh my gosh. So this will probably be the first or second video that we upload within um, within the three weeks that we've been gone. Uh, funding actually got pulled. We got cut. Our producers cut the show. Yeah, and by producers, we mean ourselves. Uh, we broke as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously... Um, if you like this podcast, please support us, uh, follow, follow, download, share, whatever podcasts work, whatever, however podcasts work. We're not quite sure to be honest, but yeah, we have a podcast, but we don't know how that podcast works. If anyone could like tell us how downloads like actually work, that'd be like pretty cool. Okay. Funny enough, I got a follow on Instagram Mm -hmm. from some girl who I've never seen before, but she's a huge podcaster. Really? Huge podcaster. And which tells me, I think she found me through the podcast. I think she listened to our podcast and then found me on Instagram and followed me. Okay, but I don't think... Have you name-dropped yourself? I don't think I've ever name-dropped myself, but at this point, I feel like I've given enough hints where someone could find me if they tried hard enough. Yeah, you name-dropped me in like... One of the oh, I said I said your full name and I still feel bad to this day. But you don't really give a shit, do you? No, not really. Okay, good. Do you have any like private inform? You have you don't have any like old Twitter accounts with like racial or ethnic slurs on there, do you? What? That's how like most celebrities get caught. You know, they have like an old Twitter account and they just like leave their like super racist comments on there, and then people just scroll far enough down where it's like, dude. What the fuck is this? Ah, uh, yeah, you know me, super racist guy. Super racist. Um, no, but really, we're back. We're back for this episode, and today's subject is Eddie. Please take it away. So the first part is probably going to be talking about uh, how to make friends and getting over social anxiety, and then the second part is kind of just stress in general. We'll be tackling both of those topics today. How to make friends. Yeah. So How do you make friends? I have none. I don't have any friends. You're better at that than I am, I'd say. Really? Yeah. That's you- true. I am way better at making people laugh. What I found, though, is that um, I, I make friends, but sadly, after a while, they get to know me more, and they get like more annoyed with me, and then they become less of my friend. But oh, then really? the real ones stick through, and then they're like, you're pretty cool. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> making friends... Where do we start with this? Well, such a, it's such a it's such a broad you know topic. I feel like we can definitely. I'm not saying that it's not a good topic. It's definitely a good topic, but like it's like you got to pick a place to start. You know. Yeah, I feel like the best place to start is like where to find people. You know, because like for us, it's really easy because we're still in high school. But, you know, people come to class with us every single day. And we have people that we see, you know, on a regular basis. And you can you can ignore them, but eventually you're, like, forced to interact with them. Yeah. Right? Like, you have to, and then eventually that just, you know, becomes friends. So. Yeah. Uh, another thing is is that, like, if your parents are really social people, mm-hmm. then by default you will have lots of friends because, you know, if your parents have lots of friends and their friends will have kids, and then in, in correlation you will have friends. I don't know. Like, my mother, she's mm-hmm. a really social person. And she has a lot of friends, but like I I don't get any friends from her though. Right, but how many friends does she like invite over to the house? No, exactly. Because then, like, then that would be the they would be coming to you. Is the scenario I'm picturing? Yeah, I guess so. If 
My family hosts had... like lots of parties at our house for multiple occasions. Mm-hmm. I've had to tolerate kids for a long time, but for you, it's a little different. Um, so the the tricky part with making friends is when you get to that. I guess college is even the same thing, but like join like rec leagues, um, join like uh, extracurriculars to get you social. Like high school, you're kind of forced into it, and then college, like you have a choice to be like. Uh, I don't want to say loser, nobody. No, I'm joking. Uh, you have a choice to be like uh, social or antisocial. Like, do I be a bookworm or do I go to cool parties with all my hip friends? You know, kind of thing. Yeah, and the real drop off is when after college or just when you're in the workforce in general. Oh, true. Because like um, American adults mm-hmm. have said that they're lonely. Like it, because it's 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 significantly it's significantly harder to make friends when you're an adult and you work all the time and that's when you get like that's when you just do what our buddy Jack does and just like so when we first met Jack he moved up from uh, he moved from California to Wisconsin um, and he moved like really late into the school year and like he really didn't have any friends. But Jack's attitude was kind of like, fuck it. Like, what's the point? I'm going to just, like, shoot for everybody and, like, see how this goes. So what worked really well for him is, like, don't be afraid to just, like, if you kind of know somebody but not really. Let's say you have a work colleague that you don't know but kind of know. And you know you can give them a good experience. Just invite them over. Like, seriously. Like, at first they'll think you're weird. But if they really get to know you, like, outside of that work environment, you'll make friends with people. That's true because, like, for Jack, he kind of just, like, naturally fit himself into our friend group. Oh, he like he's, like, I don't want to call him a parasite because that's, like, kind of a derogatory term. But, like, he, like, <laughs> infected our friend group and, like, is now there to stay because he's but just so great. That's also what I did, you know. In- True. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But let yeah. me start with Jack's method. So there's a difference between what you did and what Jack did. So Jack kind of, like, just went up to everybody and was like, hey. My family's having a fried chicken buffet. Want to come over? And we're like, what? Like, I, I barely know you. You're inviting me over to your house? He's like, yeah, yeah. Just fuck it. Come over. Or like, um, I, have we ever said we play Dungeons and Dragons on this podcast? I feel like we definitely have. Yeah, probably. We play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and Jack was like, and before we never had played Dungeons and Dragons before. And Jack's like, like, just stuck his neck out there. Because like, we could have taken that and like bullied him for it. Yeah. But we're like, he's like, you guys want to come play Dungeons and Dragons? And we're like, uh. Yeah, like out of the blue, I was sitting in class and then bloop, I got a notification on Snapchat. Jack, oh. <laughs> Jack Bunglehoff. Bunglehoff. Yeah. <laughs> um, created a group chat. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Um, and then I saw that it was named D&D. I'm like. I'm like, that's a little weird. I, I don't know. D&D is for like nerds and stuff. And so I really, I didn't want to like turn him down because I would have felt bad. So I was I like. I think that's what everyone felt. Yeah. Everyone would have felt bad. So I was like, I'll go to it first and then I'll see where it goes. And then it was like all of us met and we started like doing character sheets and stuff and i was like "Ooh, i'm kind of excited for this and then we like the next session we started actually playing and it was fun like it was really fun and here we are like 
10 sessions later over the course of like 10 weeks because we meet every week on the same day or around the same day and we're loving it and so what just like jack's sticking his neck out there and of course like there he's made friends that he's no longer friends with right well, that's like the whole thing once you like stick your you know reach your hands out there like far enough like you can like pick and choose who to cut off and who to further a friendship with it's like casting a wide net and just bringing in everybody and then releasing what you don't want you know yeah because he definitely has friends that when he started that he just no longer friends with because he's like we all came to the agree and it's like yeah that dude's weird <laughs> We're like that kid's really weird mm-hmm. but you know the problem with jack's method is that it doesn't work for everyone true because you have to be definitely comfortable with sticking your neck out there to be able to do something like and that. And you got to be able to provide something that others are lacking, I would say. Mm-hmm. For but, us, we were lacking like the social aspect. So he filled that void. Yeah, like he saw that we had a friend group, but we didn't like meet a whole bunch of times. No. And I think with Jack here, like he adds value to our friend group by being the guy who invites everyone over and then we can we can actually spend time together so just to give this in perspective uh i have a birthday party every year right and it's it's slowly evolved into like not being like a birthday party as much it's being like i don't even want gifts i just want everyone to come over and we all just hang out for like a day and a half right yeah like everyone just comes over and we all just like chill hang out like have a blast and it's like kind of a sacred tradition at this point. And so like last year, my birthday, I wouldn't, I didn't invite Jack this year, my birthday, I wouldn't hesitate to invite Jack. Like he would be like top on the list. Yeah. Like that's how great he is. I love that man. Now let's switch gears here and, and talk about, cause Jack's an extrovert, right? Let's talk about how you make friends being an introvert. Uh, featuring Eddie. Do, 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 do. So I'll tell you the way that I did it. I had extreme social anxiety. I. It was very hard for me to be able to make friends. Now, the, the way that I... I have two different ways. The way that I actually had done it was by one day just sitting at the lunch table with the guys. Oh, and like... like fifth- I, Fifth, third, fifth grade? Yeah. No, no, that was that was eighth six, grade. So eighth grade? Yeah, that was yeah, eighth just, grade. We had like the perfect amount of seats. Like all the friends were there. Just everyone had their own seat. It was perfect. It was just mm, magnificent. And then Eddie had to come along and just sat at our table. And we we're like, dude, uh, we didn't want to say anything because like even if we said something, you'd be like, no, we're not moving. <laughs> Which was weird. I don't know. If you guys had said something, I probably would have left. Oh, really? Actually, yeah. Oh, we no one said anything. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. And you just sat there. Yeah. And, and then... You just tolerated it. And then you guys, like, normaled me out. Yeah, and then you just became normal. And we're like, yeah, Eddie's, Eddie's, Eddie's pretty lit. Pretty cool. Eddie's pretty... He's a pretty cool guy. So, and, yeah. And, uh, but my second way was... I... I like to call this, like my 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 true way of how I started to get over my social anxiety. All right. So like you know before I wouldn't interact with anybody. So to counter that, I just started to say hello. That's it. That's all I started to do. I would 
walk down the hallways and then say hello to as many people as I possibly could, as mm-hmm. many people as I knew. I kind of like made a game out of it. Like how many people can I say hi to? Yeah, you today? Can say hi to everybody, yeah. every human. Um, there was one day where I had uh, one of my friends, Gus. He was walking behind me. I didn't know that he was walking behind me, but I, uh, you know, just walk down how I normally do, and I say hi to you know a lot of people. And he was like, "Wow, Eddie, you say hi to like a lot of people." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's just what I normally do." And the reason why I do it is because it helps you be able to start conversation. Like, you don't have to say, hey, how's it going? Like, you don't have to ask, how are you? You just say hello. Because it's not like anybody's going to be weirded out that you said hi to them. Right. There's nothing wrong with it. You just say, hey, walking down the street, um, how you're able to get used to interacting with strangers you just wave to them or say hi. Maybe you go inside of a of a shop. Try to say hello to the employee before they say hi to you. And that kind of interaction of like getting used to being the one who initiates conversation goes a long way. Because there are two ways that you can use this. You can use this on regulars in your life. And strangers in your life. So for the regulars, maybe you work somewhere and you, you know, just say hi to your coworkers every day or hi to your boss every day. Um, They're people who you see on a regular basis. And it works really well with them because, uh, like, because you say hi so much to them, then they get comfortable saying hi to you which means that eventually they're going to start initiating with you. For the people who are really extroverted that you talk to and do this with, it'll eventually get to the point where you say, hey, so-and-so, and and then they'll be like, oh, hey, how are you? Now, all of a sudden... Hook, line, and sinker. You got them. You're done. Game over. You won. Now it's like people are initiating with you. That's how... that's like the introvert's sweet spot is that you are the one who gets to respond and not initiate. That's like your comfort zone. And so now the pressure is taken off of you. That's with regulars. Now, strangers, it's a little bit more different because, I mean, they're strangers. So you're going to have to initiate pretty much the majority of conversation if you try to have conversation. Um, but... You start out by just waving at people. Maybe go take a walk and, you know, like take a walk on like a back road or something. And then every car that passes, wave to them. Or while you're walking on the sidewalk in a busy part of town, you say hey to everyone who passes by. It just gets you used to initiating with people because it's not that hard of work. All you're doing is waving Or all you're doing is saying hi. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Yeah. And it's not anything weird because all you're doing is saying hi. And then, boom, interaction's over. And so this can eventually lead up to making conversation with people. Um, Once you do this enough, you will have the strangers who will initiate with you. 
they'll, you'll say, hey, and then they'll be like, oh, hey, um, do you know where this spot is? I'm trying to get to it. Or like maybe they'll ask you for advice on where the best restaurants are in town or, you know, something like that. Eventually, saying hi to enough strangers will get you a conversation. And these conversations start you out with having conversations with strangers in general. And all you had to do was say hi. And you got that experience. And that, because now you're getting used to having conversation with strangers, now you can be the one to initiate conversation once you get comfortable enough. And you've had experience with talking with people enough to where you can kind of get a feeling for like what to say to that person. Like you've had interactions with strangers before, just have a regular interaction with them. Maybe uh, talk about the weather. That's a that's an easy one uh, because, you know, it really doesn't matter. You're never going to see them again. So the interaction doesn't even have to be good. I mean, you want it to be good, but it doesn't have to be. And that's the great thing because you're never going to see them again. And so it helps get you out of that comfort zone. And at the very start of it, the very foundation of everything is the simple, hi, that's it. And that's what made me get over my social anxiety was that I slowly got more and more used to interacting with people. And... Uh, you know, it, it, I'd say it worked. Yeah. For the regulars, it helps them get used to you and, you know, you see them every single day. So it helps build those relationships up with the people you already know and that you basically have to know. And then for strangers, it helps you make new friends. Um, and so that's the, that's the beauty of that technique if there's someone in your life that you should see on the daily they shouldn't be strangers anymore yeah that simple interaction of hey how's it going you don't even have to say that sorry you just say hey what's up yeah and and nothing much how about you and then like you're basically it will turn into something if they don't want to talk to you then you're like you're either an extrovert talking to another extrovert or an introvert talking to an introvert right you mm-hmm. want the extrovert to introvert, by the way. But regardless, you, if you know, if you're an introvert and you're going up and you say hey to somebody, if they just say hey back, then they don't want to talk, and that's fine. Like just, that's, if, but if they say hey and then they tell you something, then he turns into a conversation. Then oh my god, he's your best man at your wedding six years from now. You know, yeah. it works out. It really does, and it's oh, oh my. Eddie is like a magician with making friends. Well, not with making friends, making friends in like a broader sense. Like everybody knows Eddie. Yeah, I don't think there's a person in the school that like doesn't know Eddie. <laughs> like that's Eddie. That's Eddie. I guess that's true. Where like the people who do know you know you really well, mm-hmm. but I'm just like well known. Like it's weird because like if you think about normal high school setting, the people who are well known, the jocks, mm-hmm. the popular people. Um, but I wouldn't say you're any of those. No offense. <laughs> yeah, but like you're just Eddie. Yeah, I've had seventh graders come up to me and say, hi, Eddie. I don't know who you are. I've never even heard of you. I've never seen you. Nothing. And they know me by name. It's like, I don't know how that happened. That's weird. Yeah, I guess it happens. It just happens. And I think you see a lot of, for extroverts, a lot of 
like people do what Jack do is the best method. Because mm-hmm. even Jack's parents, like just if they sent out, we had no idea who they were, and they sent out like uh, an invitation to become part of a um, uh, a grill, a cookout. Hmm. And they sent it to my parents. My parents didn't even know who they were. Really? <laughs> they didn't even know where they lived. And they just invited my parents. And they're like pretty good friends now. They come wow. to all my, my basketball games. And it's like, why? Why are you so extroverted? Why are you so good at it? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, friendship is one of those things that like can transform lives if you just do it right. Yeah. And I think that the the biggest thing that stops people is social anxiety and the reason why that starts is because people aren't used to interacting with others but that high method gets you to the point where you can gradually get better and better with people and you know get more and more used to having conversation with people which is just you know it it's the whole foundation of making friends it starts with high and then it's like hi hey and then eventually it'll be like hi and they'll be like hey ed how are you doing and then it'll turn into like hi hey what a bad day it is can you believe can you believe what happened and you'll be like oh i know right and then like boom it just exponentially grows into friendship like i even have a good example um jake knows that there's this one guy um i'll say his name hunter I oh yeah yeah I don't he used to not like me and all I would do is in the hallways I'd say hey hey Hunter and then he oh sup <laughs> so I did that probably like eight times until eventually I was like looking down at my phone I was walking through the hallways and then I hear hey Eddie and I'm like oh whoa hey Hunter and then now, every single time that him and I see each other in the hallways, we say, hey. That's what Russia and you, uh, the United States should do. Just come together and be like, what's up? I'm like, hey. <laughs> hey. Maybe we won't kill each other. Maybe we won't end the world today. You're looking so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What does this podcast come to, Eddie? We're teaching people how to make friends. Yeah. Did we envision this? Did we start this? I don't even know what our our, our vision was for this podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I think we were we just sat down one day and we're like, wouldn't it be crazy if we just like bought mics and did a podcast? And then you're like, okay, I bought the mics. You buy the red box. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was such a great feeling to just commit. Yeah. I think oh, the pilot episode that we since henceforth deleted um, was so bad. The pilot oh, episode I totally, was I totally so forgot horrible. That. I don't think there's even an audio clip of it existing anymore. It was just called the pilot, and we talked about like just the weirdest things. I I said some stuff I probably shouldn't have said on a podcast, and oh, it's just think it's crazy to think about. You talked about your West Virginia stories in there. I think that did was, I was that where I talked about how like horrible West Virginia was? Yeah, I think that might have been. Then, I think I recapped it in another episode too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on. Our next topic, and we'll probably think of a third one from now because we're like kind of speeding through these topics yeah social anxiety feeling like the whole world is watching you mm-hmm. that, i i have i would like to proudly say that i am very low in social anxiety yeah i'm pretty low in it now too but i used to be pretty like no but you you especially don't give a fuck 
you in particular do not care about yeah, anything. That's true. You <laughs> it's crazy watching you do some of the things you do. I I sometimes forget that other people are there. You know, like <laughs> what? So, you, social no. anxiety is like a like a awareness of people, mm-hmm. but I'm so like inside of my own head that it's like I sometimes forget that like other that, people, you're not in a game. You're yeah. not in a video game. That like, the NPCs have feelings and backstories too. <laughs> th- there have been multiple times where I'm talking to Jacob, and then he'd be like, "Hey, like lower your voice. There are other people around." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, my bad." Yeah, because he'll like, say some of the wackiest shit. We'll be in the middle of like a, a get to get, no. We'll be in a professional environment. I'm gonna say that, um, whatever it may be, like a formal gathering or like a formal get together with like people that we kind of know but don't really know. And Eddie will come up to me and he'd be like, "Death to America!" And I'll be like, "Eddie, what are you doing? <laughs> Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> you'd be like, <laughs> "You know what I hate more than anything." The United States of America. I want to burn the White House. And I'm like, what are you doing? Stop. Stop doing that. <laughs> You're like, oh, my bad. We're in, we're in a room with people. <laughs> yeah. So I, I sometimes forget that, like, like, my automatic setting now is just that I know someone. Like, I interact with a stranger the same that I do um, a person that I've known for, like, for five years oh and it's sometimes it's so awkward when you're around other people that like don't know our relationship mm-hmm. and so, <laughs> this, this, i don't know if you remember this um we were oh, i forgot what we were doing fuck i think we were in some kind of we were getting ready for one of the high school dances right mm-hmm. and we were with people that we didn't really know and you come up to me you walk over to me so confident and you're like gosh you look so ugly today I hate how ugly you look and everyone's just looking at you and it's like, thanks Eddie. And they're all like expecting me to like throw hands or like say something back and I'll be like, ah, I love you too. Oh, or, or I'll be at my locker and <laughs> this one was funny. I was at my locker and there was these two underclassmen that, because we share lockers so close and they were at their lockers while I was at my lockers and they hear you confidently walk over. You're like, Jacob, oh, shit. Well, if you didn't know it now, you know it now. I just dropped my last name, dude. It, it's so awful. It's so how, hard. Yeah, it's so. Well, hard. now they know you. Now they know me. I don't give a fuck. We'll delete <laughs> these episodes eventually. Not really, maybe. Um, but anyways, they co- he comes over. He's like Jacob, and um, and <laughs> oh my god, I can't. Oh, I can't even finish the story. You walk over and you're like, you know, somewhere out there, there's a tree who produces oxygen. That you waste every time you breathe. And then they just look at you. Because you can't see their reactions. But I'm looking behind you. And they're looking at you like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> you have no social anxiety whatsoever. It's so hard not to name drop. Yeah. Yeah, It's definitely. really hard. Because like, you just want to tell stories and have fun. And just, ugh, whatever. But yeah, just Eddie has like zero to no social anxiety whatsoever. Yeah, but I used to be like sit at the back of class like i was afraid of people in general like any time that someone would walk up to me I'd be like oh i have to like make conversation like i would, it genuinely made me uncomfortable to even like speak to someone how'd you get over it i'm sure people at home like would like to know that how'd you go from waste of air to from you know being afraid to talk to people it was a combination of the two things that i had done which was the hello thing that um really 
got me out of my comfort zone. But the thing that really started it all was sitting at the lunch table with you and the rest of our friend group. I, bro, middle school lunch tables are where people were made. Because I kind of just... it in fire. That really made... Um, how do I explain it? I pushed myself into having to talk to someone. Like, I had to interact with you guys if I were to sit at that lunch table. And uh, that's really what made me get over, like, not wanting to talk to people in general. Now it was like, I, I still didn't want to talk to strangers, but I at least had some, like, a group of people that I could talk to, that I was comfortable with talking to. Because I, I didn't even want to talk to my parents. I don't want to talk to anyone. And what helped we talked about this before but what helped was like learning right from wrong almost it's like you're taking your first baby steps with you yeah because like <laughs> you would do I, things and we'd be like eddie stop <laughs> yeah it's not cool because i i was such an outcast from society for so long that i just made up my own rules i was like oh that's okay to do because like i feel that it's okay to do not that other people's opinions matter but because I feel like doing it, I'm going to do it. And I learned very quickly at that lunch table that that's not how reality works. And that, you know, normal people don't do that. One of my core memories from that lunch table is like when water bottle flipping started to become popular. Oh, yeah. And so we'd take the milk cartons, we'd flip the milk cartons. And we thought it was like hilarious how like we'd throw the milk cartons like super high up and they come down and they'd like splat out a little bit of milk. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 I don't know if you remember this, but this definitely happened. You interpreted it as milk coming out of milk carton equals funny. And so you fucking picked up a milk carton and you just fucking spiked it into the ground and it exploded. <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck? Like, why'd you do that? Like, why? And you're just like, yeah, funny joke, right, guys? We're all looking at you like, no, I guess not. Why? <laughs> I don't remember that. You don't at remember all? that? Dude, no. you picked it up and you fucking spiked it and then eventually a teacher came over and like made you mop it up. Really? You don't remember that? No. Dude. I have no recollection of yeah. that. Yeah. You you had to clean up like a milk spill. And we all had to sit there and watch you clean it up. We we're all late to class that day. Really? This happened, trust me. I just I don't remember a lot, but the things I do remember and he's like, yeah, and he just spiked it. We're like, oh, why'd you do that? There's no need to do that. It was so weird and random. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but, you know, like, when you force yourself to interact with people on a daily basis, you just get, like, accustomed to that. You learn, and then you learn really fast. Yeah. And then because like become not normal because there's no such thing as normal. We weren't normal by any means, but... Especially when you have social anxiety, I remember vividly that, like, any time that there was a negative reaction towards me, like, that would keep me up at night. I would think about that, like, really? for hours. Yeah. Because I just felt so bad. We probably didn't think about it, though. Yeah. That's the weird thing. That's also another thing with social anxiety. You think that, like, if you mess up something... You think the whole world remembers and was watching you, mm-hmm. so uh, you'll remember uh, the time that you did something stupid in class and everyone laughed at you, and you it'll burn into your mind like a fucking like a cast iron pit, and you'll think, oh my gosh, everyone remembers that for every second I'll be alive, and no one will ever forget it. And then you literally you ask someone like two three days later, 
oh gosh, that was so embarrassing. And they'll be like, what? And then you tell them what you did. And they'll be like, oh, I didn't even remember that. Like people forget things that you think they care about. They don't care about. Oh, and you know, like I remember eighth grade uh, or maybe ninth grade, somewhere in there, when I first started to, uh, you know, start making friends, I realized that I like did not take care of myself at all. Right. And because for the longest time I thought no one no one notices, right? Like no one cares. But you know, I had gone to the point where like everyone knew that I just did not take care of myself. Like Well, it's visible. To yeah. Be honest. And yeah. But like smell it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I so bad. I smelled so bad. I had like my hair was so greasy that it looked wet. Always, 24-7. Oh, yeah, Wet always. and crusty is how I would describe it. And so then I actually started to take care of myself. And I, it, like before, it was because I didn't realize that people knew. But then I thought that everyone looked at me always after that. And so I would like constantly check my hair all the time. I would constantly like ask people about what I look like. And so eventually I I did realize that unless unless there's like something fundamentally wrong with your look, no one remembers. So like you, you're you're doing your hair in the mirror in the morning, it's kind of pointless because like to everyone else, your hair looks the same exact way as it did yesterday and the day before that. No one remembers what your hair looked like. No one remembers if there's like stray hairs coming mm-hmm. out of it or something. Like, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, that looks bad. Like, I look worse than how I usually do. But to everyone else, you look the same as how you normally do. You look the same right. as yesterday. Right. Oh, my God. And you know what? Hmm. I hate 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 i hate so fucking much i hate the people who like wake up and you know what if you do it great fine by you i hate the people who wake up and and for the people who do the bare minimum like smell fine they look fine mm-hmm. all that other stuff but then there's the others who wake up like two hours before school um they do their hair really nice they you know do have the skin routine or whatever um maybe they uh, do I don't know. They just do something that makes them feel like they're above others, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stand up for this one minute. Uh, I hate the people who go around the school, right, and they act like they're so high and mighty above everybody fucking else because they do something extra special. Fine. Nobody notices what you do. Nobody cares what you do. No one will ever look at you different because you're just so pretentiously a motherfucker that you go around and you just like put other people down for not doing what you do. I hate it so much. It makes it drives me insane. Wait, I, I don't think I've ever had anybody like you tell haven't. Me that. No, I've had people come up to me and be like, "Oh, did you not do your hair this morning?" Really? Yeah, I've never had that happen. And it's like, dude, I know nobody else in this fucking room notices I didn't do my hair in this morning. Mm-hmm. Nobody. You were the only motherfucker who notices because you live this lavish boy lifestyle. And you know what's the worst part is? You know why I wake up every night and just realize, God, I hate myself? I used to be that person. 
Mm. I used to be that person in like middle school. We would come up to people and I'd point out their little insecurities and I'd be like, Ooh, did you, did you not do your hair? And it's just like, Oh, you were so horrible. I was so horrible. I hated myself. I still hate myself. This is why I hate myself because I used to be what I hate most. And then I, someone did it to me once. And I'm like, wow, that really sucked. Why am I like this? Mm-hmm. Why do I care? Like I would get up, comb over, pair of jeans, nice button down. And I'd be like, you have no sense of style. Gray on gray. You look so stupid. And then one day someone made fun of my outfit. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm a horrible human being. Yeah. Where do you think that came from? I I honestly, I don't know. Because I think that ties into like when you do have social anxiety and people target you mm-hmm. for your insecurities and like, oh, you didn't do your hair today or whatever they may say. And it's, you know, I think there's something there that shows that like maybe it comes from insecurity by itself that like, you make yourself look so good that you like take pride into it and you know pride covers up insecurity so you know you do like two hours a day before school Mm -hmm. making sure that you look good to cover up the insecurity of looking bad and then when other people look bad you're like ah i'm better than them and so you know, anybody who does that to you, you can be rest assured that they're just prideful and they actually are just covering up their insecurities. I bet you I can, I can, because you have such a good memory, I bet I can physically put in your mind the, the time when that Jake and this Jake switched, right? Are you ready? Okay. Do you remember in maybe middle school, freshman year, how I wore jeans and a button down flannel every day? think hard i think that was eighth grade eighth well middle school yeah Yeah. think about middle school how i wear i wear jeans like every day right okay i'd wear a pair of jeans now go to more futuristic like say senior junior freshman year i can't even remember the last time you wore jeans exactly when was the last time i wore jeans freshman maybe and and I can tell you when I last wore jeans. That's only because like, I I dressed up for like uh, sporting events because they made us. So I would wear jeans. But if it wasn't like that kind of day, when was the last time I wore jeans? God, I mean like the only it, kind of years. Yeah, years. Years. I wear sweatpants. I now wear. <laughs> if if you do wear something like pants besides sweatpants it'll be khakis oh yeah but that's like once in a that's, yeah that's, that's once in a blue moon rare, that's that's again for dress up days yeah and so man think about my outfit like think about my style choices now what do i wear in the hall like if you saw jake in the hallway you would picture him wearing go like shorts or sweatpants that's it <laughs> and i would what like a baggy t-shirt that doesn't fit me baggy t-shirt. with crocs with <laughs> crocs yeah if you ever wonder what i looked like walking down the halls picture a kid wearing like short shorts with long socks crocs and like maybe a hoodie or a really baggy t-shirt yeah and then just like not giving a fuck that sounds like jake <laughs> that's jake in a nutshell i wear crocs now i used to dress up make fun of others i'm the kid who wears crocs <laughs> crocs and shorts and in like negative 20 degree weather mm-hmm. my god i used to wear a sweatshirt every single day 
um, because I didn't like showing my arms. I didn't like um, basically like how I looked in general. And then the switch for me was, I can't even remember the last time that I really like wore a sweatshirt to school. It's been a while. Um, I mostly wear like t-shirts or. Do you mind if we talk about that on the podcast real quick? Sure. Your skin condition. Oh yeah, my skin condition. Yeah, I, I sometimes forget about it. So actually, the majority of the time I forget about cause it. Because this ties into social insecurity, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when we first started like hanging out and going to friends' houses. Mm-hmm. Every time you took your shirt off, you would be like, you would say something along the lines of, "God, I hate my skin so much." And I've seen you like, it would, no, no, okay, back it up a little bit. You would. You would have taken your shirt off in the past, right? And like literally, I didn't notice you had a skin condition. Mm -hmm. Until one day, you're like, oh man, I hate my skin so much. And I'm like, why? You're like, do you not see it? I'm like, what? You're like, I have a skin condition. I can't. I hate it so much. I look like a lizard. I'm like, dude, you look fucking normal. Like I didn't. I, I for real, I'd never notice you had a skin condition. And you know what the worst part was is that you probably sat there like every day thinking that everyone in the world was looking at you for your skin condition and like I guarantee you no one else noticed as well. Yeah, that's crazy because I I forget that I have a skin condition now, but I guess yeah, now that now that you bring it up, I used to think about it like every single day. I I would this is how far it went was that I would purposely be late I would have to be late to gym class every single day, like at the start of gym class, because I would wait for everyone else to get done changing in the locker room so that I could change. Because I didn't want to, like, uh, take my shirt off or anything in front of other people. That's horrible. Yeah, I was, like, very uncomfortable with other people seeing me. And actually, this shirt, this is my water shirt. Um... I would wear this shirt anytime that I would go like swimming or anything because I didn't want to take my shirt off while swimming. And then one day you didn't and like no one said anything because seriously, dude, nobody noticed your skin condition. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Okay, I, what is it? You're just like a little more bumpy or what? Yeah, I'm I'm bumpy and then I think I have a discoloration on my stomach. <laughs> Dude, like, no one's going to notice that. Like, everyone gets goosebumps. I I think um, the day that I got over it was because of you. Really? We were, it was track season, I think freshman or sophomore year. I think freshman year. Um, We were running. It was super hot outside. It was, like, 80 degrees. I mean, I know, like, our... People in like Florida are like, oh, that's not that hot. But like Wisconsin, eighty is degrees super, is like super hot. And we were strength. we were running for miles at a time. And so all of us took our shirts off. And I was the last one to take mine off because like even though I was dying of heat, I really didn't want to like take my shirt off. And so I I was like, yeah, I don't know. I like you asked me what why um why aren't you taking your shirt off like the rest of us and i was like oh i don't really feel like it you're like you're dying of heat man just like take it off and then i did and then i think that's when i told you that i hate my skin and then you're like dude i i don't even notice a thing yeah i i I didn't yeah (laughs) and so after that run i felt free 
Dang. And then I started. What an adjective. What a word to describe it. Free. Yeah. Uh, I think after that day, I started to wear just t-shirts. I start. I stopped wearing sweatshirts. Well, it's not like that. you work out like every day, so it's not like you had a bad physique. It's not like you were chubby. Yeah. Like, dude, you look fit. And it's like you were wearing like a long sleeve track practice in 80 degree weather. Mm-hmm. You're like, why? <laughs> Yeah, I totally forgot about that. And That's you're like, crazy. You're like, really? Nobody notices? I'm like, yeah, no one notices. No one cares. Yeah, and then when I fully, fully got over um, being shirtless in front of people was when I started uh, running shirtless in the winter. Have you talked about that on this podcast yet? I think we talked about it a little bit. I think we talked about like mental um, mental podcasts. It was yeah. like one of them where it's mental stability. Yeah, you run you run shirtless in the cold uh, uh, last winter in like negative fifteen degree weather. Yeah, the coolest I think I did was like negative twenty three, negative twenties. <laughs> sent me a text. I'm dying. And you look at you and you're like, you look horrible. Oh yeah, it was like I sent you a a, a snap that was like I can't even see the very end of the road, and it was like during a blizzard, and it was like the snow was just like going down <laughs> i thought to myself this motherfucker's gonna die out there yeah like you're like i'm going for a run you're like, <laughs> i'll never forget when you send me that snap when you're like uh mid run you're like you like have a selfie and you're taking a video you're like just have a hat on i'm like what the fuck is he doing he's like good day for a run huh <laughs> and you flip the camera around you can't see like five feet in front of you, you can't see five feet behind you and you're like i don't even remember where i am right now i'm just gonna keep running <laughs> i'm gonna die out here and then the snap just ends like, he's, he's really gonna die out there like there's no shot he's gonna live you looked like on the brink of death like you really looked like yeah i think it was like negative 10 oh my when I saw gosh that. like were, 15 mile per hour wind you looked horrible yeah and you're like I'm going for a run. Ah, I'm like, dude, uh, call the ambulance, please. A lot of people would think that I, I like pain. I hate pain. Like, uh, Jacob will know this, but like, if you like pretend that you're gonna throw something at me, I'll like immediately flinch and like close my eyes. It's like a really bad habit. In fact, he just did that earlier to me. <laughs> right before you walked out of the room, I threw a tennis ball at him and said, "Catch!" Yeah, and then I immediately like, you know, like I hate pain. I hate it so much, but that's the reason why I go out and run in the winter. To get over because, it. Yeah. Has it worked? I've definitely gotten better with pain. Definitely. How do you go from? And you ended up on like Fox News. Oh yeah. For like I forgot running shirtless. Yeah, it was like caught on camera man running shirtless and it was like it was in the negatives you know what you want to show like how you got over yourself is that you went from not even wanting to like wear t-shirts in school to running shirtless outside and going on fox news and even the fox news comments like the comments on the actual post on fox news were um this dude's on meth or like this guy's a crackhead and all that yeah and you didn't care you just said fuck him, and then you had like no reaction towards it. Mm-hmm. Like my my parents were like showing me all these comments, and I'm like, I haven't even looked at the comments. <laughs> I don't care. That's crazy. Yeah. Social anxiety is a bitch. Yeah, it is. So I mean, if we had to recap this segment, it's that with social anxiety, you think the whole world's looking at you. You think everybody cares. Nobody really cares. Mm-hmm. It's to be honest. 
or if it's something that's like significant that stands out that truly 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 stands out people notice every day it's like um eventually people get used to seeing it and there will be always be those people who will have that initial shock of seeing whatever is on you or affecting you or whatever and then eventually they just get used to it it's like what are they gonna do they're like they're gonna be around you every day they're gonna con- you can't control it it's just something that happens yeah and I guess a good way to think about it is like you know you got your own life and you think about that life 24-7 that's what everyone else is doing you know you walk past someone and they're not gonna remember you because they're just so focused on their own life that it's like you are you are literally the background character in their life and you know, in like movies, you you see like people walking down the street and stuff, but you don't like they're not the main point of the camera. You see them for like two seconds and boom, they're gone out of your life. You forget about it. And that's how you are with everyone else. And you can kind of like take comfort in the fact that, you know, you aren't going to make a significant impact on a stranger's life and not everyone is looking at you. Ever, I have a so just to build off that. Ever seen the movie The Truman Show? Yeah, yeah, that's you a have? good movie. For those of you who haven't seen it, uh, basically, you don't want to spoil it, but um, a man who doesn't even know he's in a TV show, uh, it's like the most famous TV show in the world. They've built like this whole world around him, uh, to be in a TV show, and so, like, if you want to talk about how difficult it would be for everyone to think about you. He is literally the center of attention, right, in this movie. And I think this would, if this were to happen in real life, this is what also would happen. Mm-hmm. Truman is literally, in his world, is the center of the universe. Because everything revolves around him, right? Because mm-hmm. it's literally the Truman Show. It's his name. Yeah. And so with everything revolving around him, he doesn't even notice that everything revolves around him until he's like in his thirties. And then they eventually like a mistake happens. Like his dad comes back on the set who's supposed to be dead. Yeah. And and he sneaks back onto the set. And so that like messes him and sets him down the spiral. But regardless, if you want to show like an example of, you know, people not even realizing that others are in their life like that, look no further than the movie, the Truman show. He doesn't even realize he's in a show because he's too busy worried about his own life and himself. Mm-hmm. To realize that everyone around him is looking at him. Like, that's incredible. And I think, I'm pretty sure if it would have happened in real life, that's how it would play out. Yeah. Like, human beings, we wouldn't even notice that the whole world was watching us. That's insane. Yeah, I, I think that's a good build-off from that. Because it just shows, like, human nature in general between those two things, between those two ideas. Social anxiety is something that some people may never get over. And that's unfortunate that the people get limited by social anxiety. Yeah, there there are those people who like the extremes, right? right. The the people who can't even leave their house. Yeah. And I I think I talked about this experiment before on another episode maybe. Maybe the mental health one. But they took this group of people who were deathly scared of leaving their houses. Oh, you told me this. Yeah. And they, because each of them went to go like 
see a therapist. Mm-hmm. And the therapists were like, hey, we're doing this experiment. Do you want to join it? And these people who were deathly scared of leaving their houses went just a few miles um, down from where they lived to this community garden. And, you know, at, at first they... Like, all the people didn't know each other, and they didn't really want to talk. They just went through the exercises of, like, planting and, you know, how to put seeds in and stuff like that. But eventually, they got more and more used to each other to the point where, like, someone would be missing. And they're like, hey, where's Carl? We should go call him. You know, like, maybe something happened to him. They started to, like, actually care about each other and, like, create a a, a friend group and, like their own like mini little society even like because they they hadn't gone and seen other people for such a long time that like now they have social interaction and you can see how far they went from like it being a stress to go to the garden every day because you had to interact with people to eventually it becoming like you're stressed that other people aren't there on a particular day. And I think that shows the power of like being forced into interaction. And eventually you'll get to the point where you want to see those people every day instead of stressing about it. I wish, I wish people were forced. I, I, I truly wish that the people who have no one in nothing to care about who feel like those people used to feel on that show or mm-hmm. what that uh, experiment was would find each other. Cause if you say, like Eddie said, if you say hello to enough people, eventually someone who's as desperate will speak back to you. Mm-hmm. And, and they thought the same thing that you previously did with, uh, no one wants to talk to me. No one likes me, but just by saying hello, you've broken a barrier down that you thought was impenetrable and they think the same thing. And then they're like, what? Hey. And then eventually they're not, they don't want to make it awkward at first, but then you can build like a whole friendship off of that. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It really is. I'd love to see anybody succeed in this world, especially introverts who have nothing and come from nothing. Man, life just, life just blows my mind sometimes. Yeah, life in general is, I mean, there's a lot of things in life that cause stress. And that leads to our third subject of today, stress. Because social anxiety, it comes from stress. Um, And so it's a good build-off from social anxiety to broaden that out even more and say, you know, not just stress involving other people, but stress involving work, stress involving school, whatever it may be, stress in general. Right. And how do you feel about stress? How stressed are you? Stressed out are you right now? This has been a pretty relaxed moment in my life. I feel like this is one of the more, this is probably the most relaxed I'm going to get for a very long time. (laughs) You mean the chaos that's going to ensue for both of us after high school? Yeah, because at the moment, I only have one class I have to do stuff for. That's it. I don't have very many people in my life, which actually gives me 
less stress because, I mean, the, the only thing that really causes me stress, lots of stress, is other people. And then that's it. So I'm at a very relaxed moment in my life. How about you? I mean. Moderate. Yeah. <sighs> Rankings just came out for our high school basketball team, and we just got the number one seed. Num- oh, my gosh. What? Number one seed? Number one seed for, for our sectionals. sectionals. Yeah. And so there's a lot of stress on all of us to perform at the next level mm-hmm. going, come tournament time. I mean, our school has never even gotten a one seed before, ever. Yeah, we're super small school. And so getting the one seed in basketball is crucial to be part of that is special, something truly special. And so there's a moderate amount of stress on me to perform, but it's not like I'm a huge starring. I'm not a star. I've talked about this before. I'm not a starter. I'm not mm-hmm. even a role player. I'm a bench warmer. Hard time. Big time bench warmer. And so it's like, at the same time, it's like I shouldn't feel any stress because like I'm not going to affect the outcome. I have such a, like, if I, if I broke my leg right now, I wouldn't affect our team's outcome or chance of going to state or succeeding in state, I should say, right? But at the same time, how do I, how do I quantify the amount of stress that I'm feeling knowing that I could be better? How could I help the team more, right? How could I give the team the extra, like, five points a game, you know? Mm-hmm. For the four or five minutes I play, how can I average like five points a game just to give us the edge we've had games this season that's come down to the wire so many times it's like my five points could be the difference maker of a win and a loss yeah and i feel that stress when you did play a lot in like because now you're varsity and so you don't play as much but when you were like jv jv2 you play you were a starter and the majority of the points that came down to it were like free throws and you knew that, and you'd beat yourself up every single time that you didn't make a free throw. Like, that's what caused you the amount of stress, was, like, being up there and, like, having to deal with the fact that you are the, like, you could be the sole reason why we win and lose. Right. And that carries over even to the varsity level. Like, I don't get enough minutes to score 10, 5, 3, 2, 1 points, but, like, if I played better, would I get those minutes? Mm Mm-hmm. Would I get those points? Would I help our team? You know, um, we have such a short roster that like, not if we don't have a small roster. We have a medium-sized roster, but it's like I could definitely get in the rotation. And if I did, like some of these guys get so tired from having such a short rotation because they don't have like a third-line backup. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, if I could just be better and help these guys out, not really? only could we score, but like, I could just make them not less tired for crunch minutes, like tight game minutes. Yeah, the thing about you is that you are the in-between between like a big man and like a small guy, like the rest of the team. Because yeah. there's only you and like two other people that are big men. And that's it, really. Um, and so I think with that in mind... But you guys are picturing me like six five, six six. No, like this is a this is a lower level high school basketball team. I'm six one, right? So it's like I'm not a guard, but like all of our guards are under six foot. Yeah. So it's like, but I'm not a big because, you know, you go to you go play. I go if I go and try and play big on anyone who's like over six six, they're gonna stop me. Like they're yeah. gonna wipe the floor with me. So I'm like a I'm a weird in between. It's yeah. You're like what is that called? A small forward? 
small forward, power yeah. forward. At the college level, I'd be a point guard. <laughs> yeah. That's how crazy that is to think about. But, like, at this moment in time, you could definitely come off as a big man. But also, you have a lot of stamina from, like, being inside of uh, cross country and being in track and all that. And so I think you really could put a lot more stress on yourself and, like, try and... Elevate to that next level. Yeah. But, like, you you aren't aggressive enough in-game. Probably. Because, like, I could see, you know, there's a kid on the team who I view as, like, kind of the same frame except, like, smaller than you, like, skinnier than you. You know who I'm talking about. You hate him. You you don't like the kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And, but what he is is he's very aggressive, he he's maybe a little too aggressive, but like he gets yelled at all the time for doing too much. But like the one thing is that he gets lots of layups. You could get more layups than he does, but you aren't as aggressive as he as he is. I think there's a difference between aggressiveness and good shot selection because he's just chucking them things up. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's the thing is that he has he's given himself more opportunity to get the shots up. So like the balance would be between you and him is that you don't take enough shots. He takes too many shots. The in-between is, you know, somewhere in between you two. True. And then because, like, if both of you had that same balance of knowing when to take the shot, you would be better because you have a better average of of getting the shots in. I appreciate that. But you aren't aggressive enough. That's a thing. <laughs> And so that's where the stress comes in is that I don't I don't know if you are able to take that stress because of how you've beaten yourself up so many times of like oh like it's all my fault of not getting those points like it's good to know that you are responsible for those points but you beat yourself up too much in my opinion because like Instead of like knowing what to do and knowing what to practice and then moving on from that and just being able to grow, you still want to grow from those failures, but you beat yourself up a lot for those failures. So that kind of hinders your like moving on. I think that's a an example of like of stress taking over. Don't that's, you? Yeah. Well, let's move on from that subject. <laughs> it's kind of a, he- a heavy subject for you. It's not a heavy subject. Like I said, it's a moderate subject, but yeah. it's just, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, another reason why I want to stay home for two years and just work and do what we're going to do mm-hmm. because I really need to find myself. Yeah. Because I don't know who I am. Like I, I, we talked about how with personalities, there are some personalities that like change who they are based on who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I change who I am so much. I don't even know who I am anymore because I want to be like friends with everybody and I want everyone to think I'm so cool and hip. But like at the end of the day, I sit down, uh, I lay down on my bed and, and I look up and I'm like, who am I? Like, really? I, I don't know who I am. Like, what are my beliefs? 
Mm-hmm. It's like an existential crisis type thing. And it's like, if I just go to bed, I won't think about it. But there it is the next night, every day. I'll say something in a group of people and it's like, did you even mean to say that? Like, do you truly believe that? Or did you just say it just to fit in? Because you're afraid what they would think of you if you didn't say it. Yeah, I think that's one thing with you is that you're so good at fitting in that it makes you like change so much because I'm not really that good at fitting in. And that's what made me see that, okay, if people don't like me, that's fine, you know, but you were so good at fitting in that it makes it hard for you to be like different from the rest is because that's kind of what you based yourself upon. It's not like that. I'm not different. I'm very different. I say weird things. I do. My mannerisms are like weird, but it's like, that's just, maybe it's just the real me coming out, but he's like too afraid to go all the way out and like put himself out there. Cause he'll think that others will laugh at him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? But it's the same time. I don't think he's ever come out or maybe he has, maybe, I, maybe he has come out and I just hate myself for it. I, I, I just don't like me. I don't know what it is. I have nothing to hate. My family is great. My my grades are great. I could go on and I could just be a normal college student that like I could probably be the popular kid, right? Going to the college parties, making lots of friends, uh, uh, getting with all the women. I'm kidding. I don't really want to do that part. Maybe. I don't know. huh? <laughs> but it's like, but do you want to do that? Is that you? I, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want to be. I, I don't understand if I should be silent and have a quick joke every now and again or if i should be uh out publicly spoken and have loads of witty banter or maybe i should just be reserved and not make jokes and be super serious and intellectual because there are days when i it's so hypocritical right because i talked about in this podcast how i like to make people laugh Mm -hmm. okay and i'm kind of going in this existential spiraling thread uh uh, uh, staircase of just nothingness but i think it'll make good content so i'm just gonna keep going are you okay with that yeah I'm okay, okay with that. Uh, because this is about stress but then now this is turning into jake therapy session some days i get up and it's like man i love i love making people laugh so much and then i'll go make people laugh right and i have to say like stupid or dumb or funny things to make people laugh and then eventually they're like well you're not really smart i'm like well no I'm, I'm smart. It's just I like to make people laugh. And they, people look at me like I'm not smart. And so I like, I'll go home and I'll be like, God, I hate myself for not being smart. But I'm like, wait a minute. I'm really smart. And then I'll go to school the next day and I'll say some like intelligent shit. And then everyone will be like, oh, this guy's kind of a stuck up ass. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm actually funny. And then it's just like this constant cycle of like trying to fill a void where people say, again, this is why I hate the people who pick out other people's insecurities because... It's like, ah, I just don't know. Do you know, you you remember Phil, right? Phil. Phil who comes in all yeah, the time. Yeah, Phil. Phil's great. I love yeah. Phil. Phil's great. But one thing about Phil is that I think he's found the balance between smart and funny. Right. Because you can joke around with Phil all day, but you could also have intellectual conversation with Phil all day. He's found that in between where he could be joking, but he could also be serious. And I think, I think you just need to find that balance. You find your own balance between those two things where you can be the guy that people could see having an intellectual conversation with, but you could also be that guy who's funny and supportive and, you know, lifts up the spirit of the room. Is that me? But is that me? 
I consider that you because, you know, like I joke but, around with you all the time. Right, but and, is that what I show you or is that actually me? Because I, think I don't I, think I don't know both. anymore. Well, I think and that, even if it is a mix, right? Let's yeah. say it is a mix. A mix of what? Is that a mix of the real me and the fake me? Like what is the real me and what is the fake me? What am I showing you versus what am I actually? Whatever it is that like lines up with who you want to be. <laughs> who do I want to be, Eddie? Well, you want to be the guy who makes people laugh but is also smart. You want to kind of like, we talked before about Bob. Yeah. About how Bob's like your idol. Bob's so cool. But Bob is the the guy who's like, you know, super upbeat and stuff. Did you ever see him like have an intellectual side? Always. That he's smart? Always. And so if you think about like all the people you look up to, it's always that smart witty banter guy you know the guy who's found the in-between of like he can be serious but he he can be funny you know how outgoing bob is bob is the type of dude who my dad's friends are in the same city he lives in mm-hmm. it's a super popular tourist city and he doesn't even know who they are and he offered just because he knows just because they know my dad he he offered to let them stay in his house and he would give like free tours around the city and he'd completely take off of work. Really? And he doesn't even know who they are. Wow. That's how great Bob is. And like, you you can kind of see that with Jack's parents as well that we talked about in this episode where they didn't know your parents, but they invited them over. They're like, hey, come on over. We got, we're grilling, you know, fried chicken. And so, you know, like, you can kind of look at yourself objectively, and then you can look at who you want to be. This is what we talked about before in our previous episode that we have not released yet, Um, but where we talked about kind of like philosophical things about ourselves, and where we like looked into ourselves and you know I asked you before what do you think is stopping you from being the person that you want to be and you said that it was like mostly emotion like the petty things yeah and so you know like before we even talked about like who we are and, and stuff like that on the podcast and I, on that podcast, I alluded to the fact that I don't know who I am, but I didn't say it outright, but I I truly don't know. Do you think who you want to be can be who you are? It it can. Because those are your but, values. But do is who do I want to be is the question. Well, you want to be like Bob or like Jack's parents or like or like that or or like Phil, Phil who comes in right. But I, I don't know if I can. You have to you have to reach a level where it's like, I I I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do what Bob did with like inviting strangers over to my house who I've never met before. Mm-hmm. But Bob would, 
and and that's just like his upbringing. Like he was just okay. So you know who you're not, right? So would that help you know who you are? I, yeah, yeah. But if if you, we've talked about um, role models on, on this podcast before, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about how who are my role models. Yeah, we've talked about how my mom and dad really aren't my role models. Is my sister, mm-hmm. and you know you watch your role models like. Um, I think this is where partly my existential dread comes from because, like, you if you have role models that you your role models are usually people you interact with like daily. Yeah, and so you know like kind of what they're like, how they are, and you can see like with Jack, Jack is who his parents are. You know, putting his neck out there kind of thing is exactly what his parents would do. It's mm-hmm. probably what they instilled him. Um, but we talk about how my parents are my role model. My sister is, and so I don't see my sister. On a daily basis. I see her like once a year. Which doesn't make sense. So I think part of the fact that I don't know who I am. Is because I don't even know who she is. I don't even know who my role models are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I get bits and pieces. Like I know she's the type of person to drive two hours. And help her friend move out of her apartment. That she hasn't seen since high school. Just because she asked. Mm-hmm. And so I know that part of her. But I don't know what her flaws are. I don't know where her issues are. I don't know if she really is as good as I don't even know if she is my like I've taken on this role model aspect and I see her as a role model and I and I talk to her as my role model. It's so weird because like I'll talk to other people and I'll be so cool and funny and collective and I talk to her. She'll be like, hey, what's up, bud? And I'll be like, uh, 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 like a fucking idiot mm-hmm. and just like stumble over my words and look like a complete baboon. But I know I can do better than that. But it's just is she who I want to be? Is my role model my role model? But if so, like, if not, I've already wasted all this time becoming her. So then, again, who am I? And do you think it's the same thing with Bob where you could ask yourself, what what are his flaws? You know, like you, you've 80, 90% of the time you see the good of people, but you don't really see the bad of people unless you, like, truly know them. Mm-hmm. Like, you've seen the bad of me. I've seen the bad of you. Yeah. And so it's hard to be able to look at a role model because role models, the reason why they're your role model in general is because you really haven't seen the bad side of them. No, not yet. I mean, you kind of saw the bad side with your sister and the fact that when she sat you down and like talked about college and how it was like a waste of time for you. True. Like, you see that she's not, like, she has things that she regrets doing. Yeah, that's something. But, you know, like, is that something, like, you've obviously overlooked that as, a, as like, a flaw. And then you see that as, like, something good that she's able Done. to do. Like, able to look back on things and, and reflect upon them. So, I think with every aspect of every person, there's like a good and bad on both their good things and their bad things. Because it's so good that you're able to make people laugh. But on the bad side of that, you could say that it's bad that you want the validation of other people. True. And then, you know, one of my good things, one of the things that I consider good is that I don't have social anxiety. I don't care about what other people think. 
But the bad side of that is that, you know, I, I don't fit in with other people. They can get very uncomfortable with me around because I just, I don't think about their reactions. Mm-hmm. So there are good you know, pros and cons to every single trait that every single person has. And I think it's important to be able to see the pros and cons of those traits and be able to build the kind of person that you want to be. I think, and this is probably, this will be the last segment of this podcast. Okay. Really? Okay. This will be a good one. I think where my existential dread is coming from is doing what we're going to do. And now we've committed to it. And let me explain. <laughs> not going to a typical four-year university and or, and or not going to like a trade school. And instead, <laughs> just picture this for a minute. Imagine if you dropped all your life plans and goals that you didn't really have. But you had like a loose idea, right? To make a YouTube internet career with your best bud online. Mm-hmm. right yeah like that's just crazy to me that i'm actually committing to this mm-hmm. which i'm not saying it's a bad thing don't get me wrong i'm not looking at this like a joke i'm really not yeah but like my like you want to talk about my mentors bob my sister even partially my parents because they did something they influenced me somehow right yeah none of them if i told them what i was really doing after high school none of them would do that like seriously, no, none of them would do that. Yeah, um, we have this presentation at our school that we have to do. It's called like senior uh, senior interview or whatever. It's gonna be in like a month or something like that, or like even less than that. And I have to go up there and tell them that yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. And uh, it's kind of weird because it talks about your future and stuff and. They grade you on whether you're ready after high school or not. And I don't know if I'm going to pass that because I'm going to tell them the truth about what I'm going to do after high school. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to work online and that's how I'm going to get my money. I'm going to have a nice, stable job. But on the side, all my money is going to go towards that. So I don't even know if I'm going to pass that thing because they may see that. I'm as lying. Ju- I'm lying to them. Oh, you're lying? I'm saying I'm going to do accounting in four years and business. Mm. I did say that well, part of our plan, real estate, said eventually I'm going to buy some nice real estate properties, rent them out. Yeah. But, like, that's after we make it on YouTube mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But, like, it's just, like, every bone in my body. Like, my mentors would never agree with my plans. My peers would never agree with my plans. People around me, I tell them, and to my face, they're going to say, oh, my gosh, what a cool idea that is, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, deep down inside, they're thinking, oh, this dude's going to be a loser when he grows up. Yeah. And so it's where that existential dread comes in. It's that, like, this, we're doing this. Like, this is happening. Yeah. Like, w- when, e- even yesterday, I saw um, one of my friend's moms, and she came in while I was working, and... One of the first, like, she said, hey, how are you? Stuff like that. And then she was like, what are you going to do after high school? I was like, I'm going to work. Up, yeah, I was up front with Eddie, and I looked at him like, you, you answer that one. Yeah. And I <laughs> I said, I'm going to be working at the Marsh uh, because, well, I will be working at the Marsh. That's my stable job. But it's not 
necessarily what I'm going to be focusing on. Uh, but I can't say, oh, I'm going to be a YouTuber. <laughs> like, should be like, okay. <laughs> it's, uh, and if you, I guess, I guess it's a good thing because if your dreams are, don't scare you, you know, you're not dreaming big enough. That's what they yeah. say. If your dreams aren't scary and terrifying, then you need to have bigger goals. Well, you and I will probably be taking like, what, what will it be, 14 hour days? Yep. 14, 16. Work days? Like yeah, work, work days. hours? Yeah. Work yeah, because we'll be like going to work for, uh, for me, it's probably like around 11 to 11 to 7, right? Mm-hmm. What would it be for you for it, like your normal job? It would probably be like mm, 6 to 4, somewhere around there. Right. And then, and then it's YouTube editing. Yeah. For like four or five hours and making content and producing content and or collaborating or like yeah. whatever the fuck it will be, mm-hmm. and then uploading it and then sleep, yeah, and get up and maybe work out if I have time for like two hours in the day, and then work and then work and then sleep and then get up and work yeah, and work. For me, my schedule will probably be wake up, work out, get ready for work, work, get home, work, sleep. Oh, we have we both have a free day. Oh, Eddie's coming over so we can record YouTube videos. I don't think I will have free days because Monday through Friday I'll be working at the marsh, and then on the weekends I'll probably be working at the shop at the the food joint. Yeah, and then there will be days where it's like, man, I gotta record for a YouTube video. I'll be like, shit, come over, but I'm not home. So just you know the password, log in and record, <laughs> type of deal. Well, I mean, I do have my own mic at right. Yeah. But I'm just saying for higher quality audio. You know, you could always come over and record whenever you wanted. You know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you need like a higher processor to like make sure the YouTube video gets uploaded properly, then you know. Or better to internet because I don't think I'm gonna have good internet. Down yeah. There. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so like, I think uh, this third part of the episode has been about like mostly the stress about ourselves and the the certainty of ourselves now and the certainty of ourselves in the future mm-hmm. that's something that creates a lot of stress in in both of our lives but i think in young people in general because a lot of young people these days don't know who they are and a lot of young people don't know what their future is going to look like and that causes a lot of stress and a lot of people try to ignore it but it, it's a concern that needs addressing and you know you can kind of take Jacob's and I's conversation for yourself if you are that kind of person who doesn't know who they are or doesn't know where they're going in life we relate and you're not alone. It's healthy to talk to people. If you have a good friend, you're probably feeling the same thing. Like, just give them a chat. It's like, talk to them. Yeah. Just like Eddie said, say hello. <laughs> yeah, say say hi, and then say maybe that'll up. create and friends. Like, and They'll be like, yeah, man, I feel that. And you're like, you feel that? And they'll be like, I, I feel that same way. Because when you're young, as young as we are. And stupid. Um a question that you get asked frequently, what are you going to do after high school? And I know 
two years, four years down the road, the question that people will be asking me instead is, what do you do for a living? Instead of that, what are you going to do? And I want to be proud of that answer in four years. Oh, most definitely. 100%. As we finish up here, I want people to say to me, what do you do for a living? And I want to proudly say, I make online YouTube content to produce for others intellectually smart videos. I also own real estate and work on several other side businesses with my buddy Eddie. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to say to people. And then they have so many questions. They're like, what kind of videos? What's your YouTube channel name? And it's like all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, what should our goal be? What should two-year goal be? Two-year goal? How we know if we've made it or not? Yeah. How many subscribers? I don't know if it's... Should it be the subscriber count? Total income? I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know what's a sufficient goal for that kind of thing. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But until then, do you know what... Do you know what this is? This has been writing the narrative with, with Jake, Jake and Eddie. Eddie. Yes, sir. <sighs> Hope you enjoyed. Once again, don't want to like shove it down your throat constantly, but if you like this podcast, you should follow it. Yeah, I mean, follow the, the podcast. At, at this point, it's kind of beating a dead horse. Yeah, man. You know, There's like, 135 of you individual motherfuckers who have listened to this podcast who haven't followed the podcast. Follow on all major social media platforms: Spotify, Apple Music, uh. Or Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever. Apple Podcasts. Um, 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 Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Um, uh, uh, Pod, Podfy, or whatever it's called. There's a third one. There's a fourth one. I mean, yeah. whatever. If you like it, please share with your family. Share with your friends. I don't give a fuck. I don't care anymore about people's opinions. I don't I, like we're winding down to the school year. We're seniors. We don't, social anxiety doesn't yeah, matter. Actually, to us. a crazy thing happened um, was that. I had a friend who texted me out of the blue. I haven't talked to him in like months. He um he's like, "Hey, did I hear you have a podcast?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, uh, how'd you hear about it?" And he was like, "A friend's mom." So, That's whoa. insane. Yeah. That's how you know you've made it when you got the biddies in rotation and they're milfs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. This is yeah. Like I like I, we already said. This has been writing the name of Jake and Eddie. I'm Jake. And I'm Eddie. And we hope you see you again. Goodbye. Goodbye. Have a great day.